Rescue the Fosters is about changing the foster system. We want to ensure every child has a safe environment to grow and become healthy, successful adults. Additionally, when I was in the foster care system, I had to defend for myself. Rescue the Foster is here to empower the youth aging out of the system and offer resources to ensure they are not dependent on the government. What we observed was that children become institutionalized and end up in prison and providing the government with more funds. Rescue the Foster will provide coaching, resume writing, interview skills, professional attire for interviews, budgeting, applying for college, and obtaining housing. We want these youth to live the most free, successful life possible. It is their right and our responsibility to ensure that our future kids and grandchildren can live happy lives. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans that prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Welcome to Red, White, and Boom, Rescue the Fosters edition. I am Gino, your host, and I have Sylvia Beachy and KK Emmett with me as my co-hosts. How are you, ladies? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm feeling much better after that bout of whatever I've had for the last three days. I'm still a little, not 100%. I'm about 90, I think, but uh, feeling much better. So uh, thank you for everybody that was praying for me out there. I know they, they thought I was like dying or something, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Just it yeah. did, I didn't feel very good, that's for sure. But I'm glad to be back in the saddle here. Uh, we have a very special guest with us tonight. I'm going to go ahead and read her bio. I will also uh, put up her website, which I have right here well technically i don't know robin is the gold institute you're you're part of this site correct part okay not, yeah not your actual own personal website uh robin gritz is a retired fbi supervisory special agent with more than 16 years specializing in counterterrorism, overseas abductions and crime war crimes and weapons of mass destruction unfortunately robin was targeted with the discrimination and then by vicious retaliation and corruption for standing up for herself and others since she has uncovered systemic corruption and targeting of those who stand up for the truth and corruption in her former agency. She continues to be actively involved in exposing corruption in our federal government, championing whistleblower issues and exposing the cost of discrimination and how covering up corruption has a major impact on our national security. She has been a recurring guest on the show to share on other shows to share her expertise and insight into growing exposure of what she herself has been reporting for over a decade. Please help me welcome Robin Gritz. Robin, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us. We are so pleased hey, to have you. you here and hear your yeah. story. Uh, it's fascinating. I was reading through some of your stuff earlier today and watching some of your earlier interviews and podcasts and um I, I'd love to say it's a unique situation, and in, in a, one aspect, I would say it is unique, uh, but what we're seeing in our federal government right now and in all of our three-letter three, mm -hmm. three -letter agencies, unfortunately, seems to be very commonplace nowadays. So, uh, Robin, can you just give us a little background story on who you are and how you got in law enforcement? Yes. Um, well, I was uh, getting, I was actually a probation officer. I, I went to college for criminal justice, and I was a probation officer. And I was getting my master's degree and two of my instructors were FBI agents and they basically recruited me. Um, and I kept telling them, I like my job. I don't want to leave it. I said, oh, I just take the test. I said, OK, I'll take the test. So I took the test and I passed. And then they, they go, oh, you know, I said, well, I really like my job. They go, just go to the interview. I'm like, OK, I'll go to the interview and I pass the interview. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm sitting in the academy and it was 1997. Um, 
and I was sitting in the academy like, how did that happen so fast? And uh, so I spent 16 and a half years, or just almost, just under 16 and a half, um, a little over 16. I was in Newark, uh, the Newark division first. Um, I was up there in Newark, New York, and, and the New York area for 9-11. Um, I worked mainly terrorism, but I did work some civil rights in other cases. And then I got promoted to go to headquarters and I worked in the counterterrorism division. I also worked in the inspection division and in the, uh, what was a mass directorate, uh, mass instruction directorate. And then I was also um, detailed to um, the CIA. And uh, I just, I got involved with the overseas abductions because I held the supervisory special agent um, position at Washington Field Office over um, extraterritorial counterterrorism. Um, it's a two years of 24 seven, um, anything that blows up overseas, anyone gets taken, anyone gets murdered, um, threats to US companies over there, um, overseas, um, we, we handled it, we deployed. And I had a, a team of phenomenal agents and analysts there. Um, unfortunately, uh, later on in my career, I had a couple people targeting me, saying inappropriate things to me, um, and uh, talking about that maybe I I needed to go somewhere less stressful. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I'll, after a while of being told, oh, you only go to Virginia Beach because you want to meet Navy SEALs and, hmm. and such a, things, I reported it because I'd had enough. They were making my job impossible to do. And unfortunately, when you report that in the FBI, they come after you. Um, I had specifically, uh, maybe I could turn this light on, maybe get a little bit of oh, better, better lighting. Yeah. Robin, I'm sorry to interrupt. Could I ask you one thing about that? Were you the only woman in the force? No. Um, well, what do you mean in the force? At, at that, at, well, I guess in, in your group of uh, agents, when, when all this uh, misogyny was going on against you, was yes. was there other women in that group of people that they were also doing this to? No. Okay. No. Oh, there was an African American male that they were doing it to. Okay. So they were going after him, um, and he was a GS fourteen. I was a fifteen, and um, I called up the SES that was over us and said, "This is going to stop. He's going to report to me. If you have a problem with him, come through me." Not realizing they were just going to totally turn on me and a big reason is because of Andy McCabe. Andy McCabe was our assistant director at the time. We had um, we had banged heads before. My dog's over here crying, and uh, and uh, you know I didn't expect him to be so vicious, but they destroyed my career. They opened an internal affairs against me for time and attendance and insubordination. And after a year and a half of living hell and being sick as a dog, I have diverticulosis. I was in and out of the hospital and everything. I I finally chose to resign, um, being told that all this would be cleared and I could just go on with my life. The problem is I found out relatively recently, I I had been waiting for seven years for my FOIA requested personnel file. I found out actually it was not wiped out of there. And whenever an employer calls the FBI, they say nasty things about wow. me. And they will, they will not admit that, but I have the paperwork. Um, they say I resigned under inquiry and other things. Um, so it's been very tough to survive. Um, I've had to move pretty much five times since I left the bureau. Um, lost my house, lost everything. Jeez. And I still, I still am low income because I've tried to get jobs and I make it through the interviews and I pretty much will get, I, one of them I got selected for. And then all of a sudden the day I was supposed to start, I got a call saying no. And so I left the FBI. Um, what's weird is how I got 
involved in human trafficking. Um, I was in Washington, D.C. to speak to someone about what was going on in my case, because I have a federal lawsuit for 10 years now. Um, and there was an individual there. I'm not, I'm not sure what the legalities in her case are right now, but her granddaughter had been adopted out while her, her daughter had gotten killed by an illegal alien who was drunk driving. And while they were planning the funeral, somehow CPS came over, seized the granddaughter, made up all these accusations about the grandmother. And the next she, thing she knew, she couldn't find her. And it turns out the girl was abruptly adopted out to a Walmart executive, because this was taking place in Arkansas, who then moved out of state. And she was sitting there, she's like, I don't know what to do. I want, I need to find him. So she had his, she had what she thought was his name. So I looked it up. Turns out he was only 10 miles north of me when I lived in Chicago area. And uh, I found him. I found, I saw her. I videotaped it, took pictures. Um, because we wanted to get information to her attorney so that they could fight for visitation at the very least. She didn't want to uproot the girl because it had been like 40 years by then. Um, but I mean, this, was this is happening. A, was this Kathy Hill? Because we had Kathy Hill on our show. Yeah. 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 yeah we did. I love Kathy. Yeah. Yes. Great. Yes. And, and wasn't she, that also with the, uh, wasn't there uh, Sue Collins? Sue, yes, uh, Sue Collins, but also in her adoption, wasn't there, um, it was the, oh God, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, there was this guy, he was doing illegal adoptions. He was arrested. It was the islands, the, can't even think of the name of it. I don't know. Um, All I know is that I'm the judge in the whole case. Uh, I'm sorry, not the judge. Susan Collins and I started talking and I told her she needed to be careful. She's in Arkansas. Uh -huh. You get Arkansas very easily. And the next thing I know, Kathy calls me and says, Robin, Su uh, Susan's dead. And I'm like, what? And I'm at a concert. And she goes, and I had only a few months earlier that lost a friend who was working human trafficking who was murdered. And wow. so I hear now I have two. And I'm like, oh, she goes, yeah, you might, you might want to hang low. And I'm sitting there like, I'm at a huge concert in Chicago and I'm, someone's going to take me out, you know, and um, it was scary. Um, unfortunately, you know, I don't we're never going to get the real reason of why mm -hmm. Susan was murdered because the woman um, pled guilty. Um, I think she was paid. Right. There's a lot of hinky stuff that went on with that. Um, you hear her about husband people. was a judge, right? Yeah. Wasn't her a family court judge and she had found some. Uh, child porn on am i right yes on 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 his hard drive he had brought it home and she found he was partaking in it and it was with children foster children that he was adopting See? out yeah and that's wow. arkansas arkansas cps was so corrupt oh my gosh um yeah. <laughs> not even you know it's not even funny how corrupt mm -hmm. it is so i i helped her out as much as i could and got evidence for her attorney and then i don't know where it went from there um, I moved from Chicago to Texas um, and I came to Texas because I was brought here to fight human trafficking on the front lines um, with a contract with the state of Texas um, and the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission. They hand they have a, a, a role in, and a responsibility for any place that 
has an uh, an alcohol license or should have an alcohol license, um, that anyone that gets you know trafficked, they can investigate, especially like strip clubs and stuff sure. like that. And I've done so many ops and seen these survivors, and you know it's nice to get an, a bunch of arrests. The last op we did, we had a bunch of rescues and arrests, and oh, uh, yeah. and seized vehicles and such. And it just it's so such a sad thing. But right after Biden was um, inaugurated, about two weeks later, two weeks after he was inaugurated, he cut funding that Trump had pushed forward, and my contract was cut. So oh, I was wow. back, back into not having a job, not being able to get a job. Um, the reason I got this job is uh, General Flynn, you, you were showing that article earlier to me. Uh, General Flynn um, has been very supportive. And he introduced me to someone who was down here um, in Texas who said, hey, I got this contract going. I want to bring you in on it. And he did. Isn't he that crazy here. that he would cut the uh, funding for human trafficking? Especially in border states, we're getting killed. Yeah, they it's said it's gone over in like in a 2021. I think it went up 600 percent human trafficking. They're estimating. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah. I, I I met a trafficking victim in my current job. I was driving near the border. She ran out in front of the vehicle I was driving, and she was all beat up, bloody, and everything. And I pulled her in the car because she's pointing at the brush. And I'm thinking, that's cartels. I don't want anything to do with that. So I pulled her in the truck. And I, on my way, I texted a D DHS <laughs> friend that I trust. And um, I said, get some agents out here. This girl's, she's, she was explaining to me via um, a translation app that she was coming here. She paid this money. She was supposed to be working in a restaurant. And she didn't know where. And um, she was going to be... Uh, picked up by some guy but when they were driving her they tried to rape her she jumped out oh my gosh but then she wouldn't listen to me she um here's the thing you're gonna love this one she used my messenger my phone to sign into her messenger and was talking to her traffickers and uh -huh. i had it all translated and i identified her traffickers and turned all that information over to dhs fbi and i gave it to someone to get to uh, Department of Public Safety down here. And one of them is an Austin school elementary school teacher. Oh, imagine Gosh. that. Yeah. And I don't know if anything's been done. I, from I see, he's still a teacher. But he's got access to kids. That's just so scary. Um, you know, it's Robin, just... are these arrests actually sticking or are they just releasing them? No, they're sticking. Um, okay. We had a problem for a while there, especially in Travis County. Um, the DA there um, was just releasing, especially if they were illegal, just releasing them. We had we had agents go out to a, basically it was a flop house. They heard that there were juveniles there and there was a girl in there that was being raped by five guys. Oh, and gosh. they, you know, they, and they have a lot of self-control because I would have probably killed someone. But, oh, man. They, you know, they arrested I... them. Those those guys were out by dinner. Unbelievable. Oh, because because uh -huh. of the sheriff's department and everything. Not the sheriffs themselves, but the DAs. It, this wow. is, you know, sadly, this is the story that just, it just keeps on going. It, it, there's no end to this. No one's doing anything about it. Our federal government does nothing. In fact, they're encouraging it. They're incentivizing it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's gotten to the point where, I mean, American citizens, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm up in Michigan. But just like to say, all states are border states. And I know the Great Lakes are a yep. huge trafficking. Yeah, it's huge. It's, indigenous, yeah, indigenous, indigenous people are, yes. are trafficked there. Yes. That's where it really is. 
And that's a forgotten group. That's a huge forgotten group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the amount that goes missing every year, it's just crazy. And, but then I also, you look at all the kids that are reported missing. I think if we really put some, a good national strategy against us, like the Trump was starting, Mm -hmm. um, we really could make a difference and bring a lot of these kids home. A lot of them are drugged up by their traffickers and they don't, yeah, they don't know how to get out. You know, Robert, yeah. I think there's two things that go on here. A lot of the, the general public doesn't touch this with a 10 foot pole. I think most people just turn a blind eye to it if they even know about it. Most probably are naive and don't know about it. Uh, but mm-hmm. the ones that do know, they're like, ah, it's not really my problem. Um, and they have no idea on the statistics of children and, and young boys, young girls being trafficked, mm-hmm. uh, teenagers. Yeah. They have no idea. Also, <laughs> I know, you know, most people are like, oh, we can't talk about politics. You know what? Politics matter. Because, because just yeah. since Biden took office, and I use that loosely, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's 5.5 million <laughs> illegals that have come across the border. Now, are we going to assume all of those are nice people? They're all no. here to just oh, no. help oh, no. and, and help their neighbor and love their neighbor. No, of course not. <laughs> I want, you know, even if it's, let's say it's 3% are bad guys. that's a huge number of people that are committing crimes, raping people, trafficking people. And this does not uh, include all the numbers that get across without being counted. Who knows how many more? Yeah, who knows how many? Oh, it's incredible. And you know what's sad is, um, uh, like, we don't, back when I worked terrorism, we were looking at the southern border. We were, and of course, the northern border. But I handled Phoenix and San Diego and Albuquerque. And we knew that they, the terrorists were coming over. So can you imagine who's in our country now? It's scary. Oh, we I mean, even... I see that we don't. I'm sorry, KK, go ahead. No, I was saying, I was saying, we don't even know. And then it's just like, y'all brought up the point about how, like, all the kids are getting sex trafficked. Like, it reminds me of Walmart. When I has all the pictures of those missing kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then for the, that scheme that was going on there in in Arkansas, first of all, Kathy's daughter was drug tested and the drug test was manipulated. They found out later um, the woman was arrested that was running the drug test and basically making these come out positive for drugs and then cps was taking the kids it was all it's i it's probably yeah. still going on but i i mean i know that there was that woman was arrested and you get that in so many states where they're you know they're not regulated um i dealt with like really good people in the division of youth and family services i think they changed their name in new jersey when i was a juvenile probation officer I dealt with some really good people i had a few people though that you know i took them i went to, I was in court one time and I had a, a juvenile that actually had turned 18 and, and Division of Youth and Family Services hadn't um, gotten the proper drug and alcohol and, and psychiatric uh, treatment that they were ordered to. They said, well, he's 18 now. They don't have to. So um, I said, yes, you do. That was in the court order. And they said, well, then sue us. And I went, OK. And the judge just looked at me and he goes, <laughs> Is probation going to sue Division of Youth and Family Services? <laughs> and I said, yes. And I went back to my apartment and I'll go to my chief's office. Chief, I think I think I did something. And he goes, well, <laughs> you're right. Let's do it. And we won. Wow. Oh, and wow. And his he was a heroin addict with a lot of psychiatric issues. Hmm. He is now a father, wow. a, a, a 
you know, a businessman and his mom used to send me a Thanksgiving card every year. Oh, that's so cool. What a great story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I'd, more of more of that, please. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, no. I think lawsuits. Uh, this is what we've been kind of exploring. Um, I mean, I think it's time to to put these people on their heels. Um, it's it's been long enough. It's gone on long enough. It's a syndicate. It's disgusting what it happens to our children in the greatest country on earth. We can't even protect the most vulnerable among us, and it's no, we can't. I, it's it's mm -hmm. almost it's very mystifying to me that we can't get any politicians to stand up and do their job. And protect those that they're serving. That that's what we send them to do. Their number one mm -hmm. job is to protect their constituents. Yes. And right now, no one is being protected. None of us. Our families aren't protected. Uh, it does. And, and you know, they they play this race card all the time. And the, the mm -hmm. irony is, they're using the race to go ahead for political reasons and weaponize it. And it's and yeah. it's and it ble it bleeds right into the, all this trafficking stuff. Because let's face it, a lot of these kids being trafficked, these are low income kids which happen right. to be uh, uh, the uh, African-Americans. You mentioned the Native Indians. Uh, yes. I mean, the, uh, the, the irony is, is a lot of these are Mexican kids. You know, yes. And, and yes. yet they're, they're, they're claiming, oh, we're doing this for families. This is, this is for to build a, a stronger country. This is the right thing to do, the moral thing. They, they, they know it's not. These people aren't stupid. Right. And that's why when they were, they were accusing them of separating the parents at, and the kids at the border, what they were doing was they were realizing little cues, little red flags, that those children were not with their parents. And those people were not right. a good portion. They had to make sure that those kids that were coming in, their first priority, because I, I was working in, in Texas, um, I was on a daily uh, command post call with the, all the agencies in Texas, and they would talk about how we're doing this to confirm that these are their parents because the kids look scared to death of the people um, and stuff like that. So they kept saying, oh, they're separating them from their parents. They're not meaning to do it to be evil. They were doing it, especially right. at our borders, because um, we, we we protect the children. I mean, Texas is, is a huge protector. And, uh, you know, it just it's just we don't know how many babies have been across, brought across. They could be brought across in uh, in trucks. We don't know because they're babies. They're, they're just just you just pile them all in. Now, one thing that I learned from this tra trafficking victim, I call her a trafficking victim because she was going to be trafficked. She ended up getting turned around and sent back to Mexico. But wow. she was trying to get the one trafficker. She said, I'll give you a certain amount of money if you come down to the border, down to where she was at, and pick me up in an ambulance because at the checkpoints, they don't stop the ambulances. So you could be having wow. ambulances with a bunch of people in those. Wow. Yeah, I'd never heard of that before. I was like, whoa, that's huge. And even DHS was like, that's huge. And I question that. I question that because sometimes I see like the emergent the ambulance, they'll have the alarm, but mm. they're driving so slow. Yeah. Like they're yeah. not even going anywhere to go pick up anybody. Some of them just, you know, and I've seen a lot <laughs> of ambulance companies, like as I go down to the border to do private investigation stuff. Mm. Um I go down there. I see all these ambulance companies. Like people, you can go out and buy an ambulance and paint it. Oh, you know, wow. and yeah, you can. So they were talk. She was talking to this guy, and he said he could get hold of an ambulance. But luckily, DH agents went in there and got her. Um, they, I don't know how much of an interview they did of him of her, but she was back on the bus going back to Mexico within fifteen to twenty minutes of them picking her up. That's not. They could have gotten so much intel out of her, right? You know. Yeah. 
I got more <laughs> intel. I did I did full packages on these guys and gave them like, here's where they live. Here's their wives. They own this building or they do this, you know. And then I said, this guy's a teacher. Wow. I mean, come on. I, yeah. And these kids, people don't realize that you were asking, they're not asking, saying, you know, some people just turn a blind eye or something like that. My mom has friends that say, that's not that bad. That's not really going on at the border. That's not happening. Oh, yes, it is. Like the human trafficking. And my mom goes, that's why my daughter's there. That's why she lives across the country from us. And now since I, 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 I haven't been able to get back in to it because the, the places down here, I'm going to probably have to volunteer, but I work odd hours with this job, but um, they don't have the funding to really hire a bunch of people or at least pay a living wage. You might as so that well you just could, you know? start your, you could start your own nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. And, you know, I can locate people like nobody's business. Wow. Yeah. Or you don't even, yeah, I was going to say, because there's such a need, like our, I'm sure your phone is too, but I, like our phones are constantly ringing every day with people calling, asking for help and, and through the CPS system. Um, and you could probably even start your own nonprofit and then link up with all the other nonprofits like us. That's what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you about that because it's, it's so needed here. Um, we are losing so many children every year to, to this <clears throat> and, you know, and they don't make it long. They don't make it mm-hmm. into their twenties. They're, they're mm-hmm. usually overdosed or, or killed. Mm-hmm. And you know that, and, or kill themselves, right? Yep, yep. High suicide rate, a high overdose rate, high murder rate. Um, and babies, you can imagine what they're doing there. I mean, it's just sickening. You know, mm-hmm. we had the Haiti issue, the children being taken mm-hmm. there. Um, pe- this is happening everywhere. It's in everyone's backyard. Our last op I did with my agency that I was working with, we were in a county where the sheriff said there's no human trafficking in my area oh, in my in my county guess what we had it was the biggest op we had and it was yeah. only two days long and we were like left and right getting these these uh rescues and and seizing cars and grabbing the 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 traffickers and it huge made the no, news huge and he had to recant what he said so was he was he lying or was he just naive right. he's a naive okay I do believe he was naive. Now there is a you, t- you asked why won't politicians stand up? Mm-hmm. A lot of them have bl- blackmail on them. Um, some yeah. of them may be involved. Hey, if you're not right. if you're not fighting it, I, then I'm, you're part of the problem. I've often thought the same thing. Yeah, black blackmail is the currency for the for the elites, and um, oh yeah, everybody's been over a barrel one way or another. Uh, videotapes, audio, all kinds yeah. of compromising situations. So. It's sad. It's sad that we're in this state and it's gone this far and it's gone on for this long. Um, Robin, what, what's the solution? I mean, how do we approach this? How do we end this nonsense? I think education is key. Uh, what we were doing with this agency and is setting up was going to say hospitals and telling them the red, the signs and hospitals have already, already have been fighting human trafficking because they, a lot of times these girls will get hurt. They know, how to get the girl away from the, or the, the trafficking traffic, uh, victim. It's not just her, it's him, Mm -hmm. um, victim away from the trafficker and, and get to talk to them and find out. Um, 
so hospitals, schools, a lot of uh, like you'd be surprised if you look at some of the the programs that some of the um, hotels are doing. A lot of them don't do as good of a job as they should because we did ma- many of ops in hotels. Um, realtors, you could talk to realtors about it because they're going to be renting out homes to these people. Like who are these people coming in here? And then you, you find out they have just mattresses moved in. People have mm-hmm. got to open up their eyes to their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't seem right. right. Someone's inside all day long and they just look at you or they run away whenever you look at them and they never come outside. Maybe at night you see people going there. Um, if you're, I, I'm a whistleblower. I mean, I, I, not only did I face discrimination and retaliation and stood up for myself and others, but also I found out a lot of stuff while they, they didn't give me anything to do for a year and a half. They idled me. So I just started doing research and I found a lot of stuff I turned over to, um, I tried to do it internally. That wasn't helping. I tried to go to inspector general's office. They, they do nothing. Um, and so I went to Senator Grassley, but, um, I would say that there's a, a strategy there. I don't know if the nonprofits get together every once in a while to discuss what they're seeing trends, assessments and and lessons learned what's working what's not working um Mm -hmm. but like people like me i'm a private eye um one of the ladies i'm going to meet up at the training um in oklahoma she's a private eye and we're going to talk about she does missing person cases yeah i've done overseas abductions i haven't done a lot here Mm. um but i've been successful um even after i left the bureau and getting people release from captivity but these people that come out they need also a plan a reintegration plan where they do with they do military members and such they need a way to be eased back into society what up i think kks i was saying i just got a great i just had an idea because okay so like i know i've been doing a little bit of my own research where i'm trying to understand like you know, how we can get people to really understand what's going on and what will actually keep them drawn in. And I feel like we should make a movie. Well, like all come together. I think think a documentary is definitely necessary. Mm -hmm. I actually was talking to someone about that. uh, I'll come together and do it. I did. I talked to a director because he did a I was in another documentary on the corruption in our federal government. It was called a thousand pieces oh. and uh, a thousand pieces, a thousand pieces. And uh, they wanted to do the, the director definitely wanted to do um, a one on human trafficking. I mean, you have people that are involved, but you got to you got to be very careful about the people that are out there now that are like almost like movie stars because mm. they've, you know, you know what I'm talking about. True. Um, yeah, you got to be careful. Um, but, but you have, uh, what was his name that was in the passion, not the passion of Christ was it? Oh, uh, no, no. Jim Caviezel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say, get him involved in yeah, doing, he, you, um, we actually have connections to Jim. Um, a, f- yeah. a friend of mine knows him very well. Um, a friend of mine knows him, but he hasn't uh, been able to get in touch with him. He's, um, I, we can talk off the air. I don't want to. Say yeah. things on the air. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think there are people that would stick their necks out and do stuff. Um, yeah. Ashton can... Kutcher runs um, him and, and Demi Moore saw a lot of the trafficking. And what they have is a it's like a database and a way to research Thorn. people. Mm-hmm. Thorn. And I mean, using their facial recognition and using that. Um, 
I, that really uh, so put us ahead. So let it's me ask incredible. you something about Thorn because we've we've had mixed mixed feelings on yeah. Thorn. Um, <clears throat> they've got some. I'm hearing a lot of people are. Yeah, they've got some nefarious ties with some big tech and some other agencies, um, mm. even the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which we know is. There's a lot of corruption. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad program. I'm sure it does work. Um, I don't. I just don't know enough. We've we've had some people do research into it, and they're not thrilled with what they see. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully, we're wrong. Hopefully, it's doing great work. I just you know I don't want to make false accusations. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't done any research into it. The only thing, only reason I speak on it is because it helped me, especially in that last stop. And tools like that um, are are key. And that is provided to law enforcement free of charge. Um, it should be help. It should be to nonprofits too. You probably sure. can get access to that. But there's got to be other people out there that, like Jim Caviezel or someone else, that can help with bringing attention to this. I mean, look at how many people have joined the whole uh, Pfizer campaign. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got Beyonce, you got Pink, you got all these other people, and you're like, yeah. wait a second. What about these trafficked individuals? We're well, th that's the elite. Right. You know? Yeah, you would think you would think these big time movie stars and and singers and you know bands and things like that would get on board with this kind of stuff. Oh, but yeah, you know are. what you but what you find out is a lot of them are unfortunately involved in some of this stuff. involved it's, in it. It's very yeah. yeah, it's a very sick vicious circle. You know, we did have Christy Hutcherson on uh, about a month ago, and she's making a documentary about the border, um, and she was telling us about. Um, I forgot the name of the documentary. She's actually the uh, CEO of Women Fighting for America. And oh, yeah, I don't know if you're. I'd love to meet her. Yeah, she's, no, she was I'm great. Not... Um, she was shooting a documentary down there, I think, with His Glory Ministries. Um, and they were doing it was all self-funded. I mean, they had a lot of donations coming in. I'm not sure where they are with the, with the project, but they they were exposing a lot of stuff down in Arizona. And they yeah. actually uh, discovered a tunnel that was unknown before. Um, and they boy, there was just some really bad things coming through the tunnel uh even mm -hmm. you know as far as i mean like weapons and all kinds of just really bad things yeah. um and she was also describing what they do to these children and I, i'm not going to say it here because it's so graphic but it's it's literally when you know this stuff you just can't sleep at night anymore you have like no you, you can't you are driven to end it it has to end yes. on our watch. We cannot let this keep, con you know, continuing the way it's been going. And I'm, I'm so glad people like you, Robin, are, are out there, you know, putting your neck out and doing the, doing the hard work. Um, and even for all they've done to you, all the uh, corruption yeah. against you. I, by the way, I, we didn't really touch on this. Do you have any lawsuits against them, or did I mean? Have you... Yeah, I have. I've had a federal lawsuit for quite a while. It okay. initially was in the EEOC court, administrative court, which was worthless. Um, so I filed, um, in federal court, uh, and, uh, luckily I have an attorney on contingency of a nice law firm out of, out of LA, Robert Barnes. Um, and he, uh, he heard that my, my past attorney had passed away and mm -hmm. I was like beside myself, how am I going to come up more money for another attorney? You know, I had already put out so much money for two different attorneys and he, he got in touch with me, said, I'd like to look at your case. And then he, within 30 minutes, came back to me. We would like to represent you wow. on contingency. But we're getting pushed behind all the January 6th stuff now. Mm. Now, I mean, I've been out of the bureau since 2013. Come on now. You know, right. and then the FBI and DOJ long. have been stonewalling by filing frivolous motions to dismiss, only to, for me to find out that the stuff that's been stating in there is 
actually stuff I gave them. They said I didn't, but they redacted it out of the investigative files. So they re- overread. I have like 400 something pages. I'd say 350 are, re- are redacted, mm-hmm. including my own original affidavit. Um, that's why I have a give, give, send, go, because right now I'm facing eviction. Oh, and, yes. you know, I just got my, I'm in a company car right now, but I just got my car out of repossession. And it's because not only am I working for a low wage, I also had I unfortunately tested positive for COVID three times in a row and was out of work. I'm hourly um, for a while. And, you know, no one cares. I got another letter today saying, you know, be prepared and I'm, I'm going to go to, I'm doing what I can to try and catch up. I'm going to be working three jobs plus anything I could do as a private eye. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, I interview for really good jobs and I have the experience and then they, they call the FBI and the FBI is just like, no, it's a, there are people that want to be references for me. And then they say, Oh, well, we don't really listen to references. I'm like, but you need to understand I'm a whistleblower mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get the best reference from the FBI, but I have people in the FBI that have worked with me, high ranks that are mm-hmm. willing to go on the record and say, yeah, she was a good she was an excellent agent. I mean, I got awards and you everything. Were a, yeah, it. I was going to say you were a decorated agent. Um, you know, yes, you, highly did, decorated. You know, uh, Robin, you, you had mentioned uh, Senator Grassley. He seems like one of the good guys. Um, I've yeah. read lots of Grassley stuff. Um, I mean, is there any way that se- the senator uh, could help you with the, with the case? Like, move it he's along been trying. And, and, and like maybe that people could, you know, if you send a reference for a job, I mean, <laughs> Senator Grassley can back you on it. I mean... I didn't think about that. I should probably see if they could, if the, like his aide, if she paid, could do that for me because um, Senator Grassley has been the only one that has stuck with me for a long period of time. Devin Nunez was very helpful, Mm -hmm. but then the impeachment trials kept happening and he had to get, he had to, he had to do his job Mm -hmm. and I don't live in his, in his state and I don't live in Grassley state, but Grassley handles whistleblowers and he periodically hits up Department of Justice mm-hmm. and he has repeatedly told them to review my case in light of the the whole General Flynn stuff because person going after General Flynn was Annie McCabe. Person mm-hmm. tormenting me, making sure I was out of the bureau was Annie McCabe. And General Flynn is a witness for me. So Annie McCabe should never been involved. He should have recused mm-hmm. himself from General Flynn. Um, but General Flynn mentions me. He, he did a, a notice to sue in his lawsuit. Um, he mentions me as one of the you know reasons that he knows that he was targeted. Yeah, that was um, two years prior to when he they went after him, correct? Yep. Yours yep. Was two, yeah. They went after, yeah, just two years, two, two and a half, maybe. And uh, I warned him. I told him, I said, they're going to come after you. And uh, but, you know, he can only do what he can. Sure. So I and I'm here in Texas. So. That's why I ask people don't realize after 10 years, it's still going on. Mm-hmm. And you see that more recent missile whistleblowers coming out. But um, I've been fighting this for 10 years. And, you know, I, I lost my house. I lost everything. Um, I'm very tempted to move home. And at 50, 40 years old, I should have retired. I want my yeah. retirement. Yeah, but they, I, uh, I think you have a they're vicious. Your day's they're coming. vicious. Yeah, you know what? And and Grassley looked through all my stuff, and he said, "This is tight. This is a good case." He's like, and he's pointing at right here, right here, right here. He's picking out documents. This proves your case. This proves your case. And I was like, "Yeah," but they they have been stonewalling because they want me to get desperate, and I'm not going away. Not going away. Yeah, good. Don't I might be it. their boss someday. You know, they always mess with the wrong people. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And you know, it's funny is one of the one really of the attorneys. Wrong. Yep. And it's it's like the honest people got pushed out. 
We have a whole group that talks going all the way back to the 90s, 80s and 90s, all the whistleblowers and everything. We all talk. So if they think that we're not coordinating stuff, you know, and they helped me through. There's like Suzanne Duchette was uh, an an agent, female agent. She got sexually assaulted by the head of her office. And when she reported, they went after her for time and attendance. Oh, my gosh. And what's sad is her husband was an agent. And years later, he ended up killing himself. Oh, wow. So uh, she's been through so much. And, you know, her mom just bought, died. She had dementia. And now Susan has, has some health issues. But she caught, she reached out to me. I had read her case because I, I, I'm i the type of person who does research. So I've read all these cases. So I could show their their playbook. I wrote about it on, on Ruby Ray Media. Um, I had a part one and part two of their playbook and how they handle it. And it's from reading all the cases. It's mm-hmm. really, and from talking to people, but people don't realize what they do to their own. And if they can do that to me, imagine what they could do to you. Oh yeah. This is, they, well, go, they go scorched earth. They'll, they'll ruin your life. They will literally, <laughs> they'll lie. They'll cheat. That's why I call it a crime syndicate. That's what they, it, it is. It and, is. You know, and it's not all, I have to be careful when I say this thing, cause I don't like painting with a broad brush, but it's not all agents. We have great FBI agents. Thank God. Yeah. We have great agents in, in every one of our three letter agencies. We have, there's, there's people that work, you know, that are in foster care that are great people. But they get yeah. caught up in a system that's that's I don't want to say broken because I think it's intentional. Um, yeah. But, and it's and it's and it's this infiltration from within. You know, I, I always I used to tell my dad. My dad died twelve years ago, and I he used to say, "Oh, America's the greatest country. No one will ever hurt us." And I said, "Dad, they're already hurting us from within." I said, yeah. "They they can't get us militarily. It's impossible." But you know what they can do? They can infiltrate us, and they've been doing it forever. They've been doing it for 50, 60 years. Oh now. yeah. Yeah. This isn't this oh, yeah. isn't new stuff. The tactics have gotten you know, incredibly uh, more high tech and, and dangerous, obviously. And yeah. it, it is, a, it's a mafia, you know, whatever you want to call it. They strong arm you and, and convince you. Here's the funny thing is Grassley said, because they keep talking about the FBI family and they talk about that when you're in, it's, you're part of the FBI family. And Grassley goes, last time I heard of an organization calling themselves a family, it was organized crime, the mafia. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, oh, oh. oh. You I know, love Paul's, I love Grassley. He's, the, he's funny. He's, he's, he's witty. He, he's a witty guy. He, you know, he did mm-hmm. um, in a hearing with uh, Comey was in front of him. I get a call from his aide, and he's in the hearing. Aide goes, Grassley wants to use your case, and I could go ahead. What is he going to do? He goes, turn it on, Robin, and I turn. On, and he asked questions really? about my case. Oh, and, that's and, so cool. And totally, Comey did not know what to do. And he's like, I want an answer on this. I want an answer on this. But, uh, you know, it's just you do have good people, but then you have people that are just looking the other way. And that's just as bad. And and you can't have that. And I I, I couldn't look the other way. The abuse that was happening, the other agent that was being gone, gone after by the same guys that were going after me. I found out, by the way, the guys, the two guys that originally came after me, they had gone after an African, another African American agent in Iraq. Uh, an African-American analyst here in Dallas. And then I know there was someone else. Oh, and then the guy that I was working with and then a female in Dallas. And so I'm like, wait a second, this is a pattern. Hmm. So I have Mm -hmm. other witnesses that Hmm. are going to say, yeah, he did that to me. And they try to ruin you. So So, can I ask you something? Oh, sorry. Well, just because it sounds like the environment that I was in when I worked for, um, uh, in the foster system it was like this environment where they beat you up every single day and I didn't know how to explain it 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a trauma. Yeah, it's it's almost like it is the most toxic environment I've ever been in. And I'm thinking that's what your environment Lord. was like. And whenever we would uh, like there was no human resource, but I would file complaints against my directors and my supervisors. One su- supervisor, they had to remove me from her because I refused to work for her. And but when I filed a report, they took me into the office and they had me do a meeting with the person that I complained about. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, that man. was the that was the case. Uh, that was the supervisor that they said I was delusional and I needed to take time off. And they, they, they said the same thing to me, delusional. Okay. Like, so this is what I was trying to figure out. Is this the same environment? Yeah. Okay, so it's they very said similar. Was, okay. It's too then, emotional, delusional. It's all yes. discriminatory semantics. It is. It's discrimination by the language that they use. And I've found so many articles on it and they were saying that to <laughs> me. I was weak from my divorce. I was fragile for my divorce, which I had gotten divorced like four years prior, you know, and I got promoted three times since I'm like, what are you talking about? And then it just got to the slander. The smear campaign was just unbelievable. They actually let the guy that was, that I had the complaint against a formal EEO complaint. By this time, the informal had gone by. It had been months later. I wasn't working for him. I was working in another part of counterterrorism, getting harassed on a daily basis anyway. They let him do my final uh, performance appraisal in 16 years. The first one I failed. Wow. They let, so it's like, yeah, it's like a rape type. victim having to be there mm-hmm. and their accusers telling them, yeah. and he's sitting there telling me I'm a piece of crap. And I'm going, and I look at him like, and they violated so many things in that performance mm-hmm. appraisal. I appealed it. Guess who went to for the appeal? Annie McCabe. He denied it. So then I, I tried to go through higher and they said you don't it stops at your instructor said but he's a responding management official in my eeo like how can you not what is going on you know they they violated opm right. office of personnel management um rules and everything and, and nothing nothing as still nothing's been done and yeah it still Robin, continues robin are you telling me the uh, national women's organization some of these other feminist groups have not stood up for you Oh my what? God, no! I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked they haven't None. come forward and helped you. Hmm. I've tried. Oh, come on now. You're uh, joking. I'm, 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 being, I'm being sarcastic. I, they, these people are are nowhere to be found. Anytime a woman is jokes. a woman has a legitimate case, never, and especially if yeah. she's white and conservative, <laughs> then you are. Yeah. You know what's are, funny? No. I, and I love my sister to pieces, but she had gone to dc um for trump's inauguration and she calls me and she's like i'm in dc i'm in a i'm in a like an uber or whatever a lift with a, with a bunch of other ladies who were standing up for our rights and i said can i ask any of you in there have any of you ever been discriminated against have ever you ever been targeted by the full forces of department of justice and they're like uh no no and i yelled at them how dare you walk around? I said, mm-hmm. and dress like vaginas. I said, yeah. you are a disgrace. So I said, if, it, if I was running that march, if I was running a march for women's rights, we'd be dressed up in what we wore to work. Right. Including yeah. if you're a housewife and you're dressed up like a housewife. Yeah. But you're not walking around acting like an idiot like no, that. They, they discredit <laughs> themselves instantly by doing that stuff. I mean, I remember when I first saw them, like, like, remember when Madonna came out and she's wearing the hat and everything. And she was saying, I, I've dreamed of blowing up the White House. 
Remember that she said it. I would have arrested her ass. She, on the exactly. Spot. Why? Why aren't these people? I would have walked right up on stage. What about Johnny? Johnny Depp was saying he wishes there was another John Wilkes Booth, right, to to execute oh, no. Trump. I mean, like this is, but it, everybody just, you know, they laugh, ha ha ha. Right. It's all, you know, it's all fun and games. But then if it's done against the other side, I'm God like forbid, you. Oh. you know, the whole like, don't get me started on J six. <laughs> don't get me going. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Because uh, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep this train on tracks. Not like all the other trains that seem to be derailing right now after a bunch of Chinese things have been. Flying well, around. we had a meteor <laughs> meteorite strike here. Really? In Texas last Where? night. Oh my oh. gosh! In in, uh, in Mission, Texas, down by McLean, by the border, and they had it oh, on what? film flying, and then boom! Oh my and they gosh! All, they couldn't find the impact spot. I saw it when I first woke up. I'm like, what the heck? And wow. they were they said, yeah, the the National Weather Service has a way to detect like you know, the lightning and everything. And they said there was absolutely no thunderstorms in the area. And this was huge. And so they have pretty much confirmed it Two aircraft in the air flying. And they were talking to Houston air traffic control. They confirmed seeing it fly by them. Hmm. Interesting. What is that? I, I was after the locust. There, there are, so, yeah, there's a right. lot of craziness going on right now. I mean, I, it is, you yeah. can't even keep track of all of it. And then personally, I think it's a bunch of distractions. Um, yeah, because yeah. I think there's some bigger, bigger things that are going on that they're trying to hide. Um, I mean, I, I just guess, don't it's... know how you could have a meter strike. This I, that one that that that's... threw a, a curveball at all of us. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very. I'm interesting. gonna have to look that one up. Yeah, and they're trying, and they're not even, you know, they're not even talking about. They're talking about possibly. I think it was gang related uh, shooting at the, in El Paso. Um, the gangs oh. and cartels run our borders. They run our border towns. Hmm. I, I was in Laredo. They pulled right up next to me with long guns. I'm like, what the oh hell? I'm sitting like, Whoa. and I'm like, oh, I can't take them all out, but I'll take some out. If they try anything, <laughs> but they just nodded at me and kept driving. They were they were actually nice to me, but um, yeah, I you know we have so much going on. It it, it some guy who's overseas called it. He goes, what's going on with you guys over there? It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> we're all like, right. yeah, we know, and we've been trying to put it out. You, you know, know but we the, can't. The sad part is this is really easy to end. This isn't hard stuff. Mm -hmm. We have uh -uh. the tools, we have the people to do it. It's just, is there willpower to do it? No, because it it's executing their plan to destroy this country. That's what it's all about. All of this, all yes. of the traffic, everything we talk about, destroy, like, you know, if you read back some of the books they were writing back in the 40s, how, how you uh, destroy a democracy in a republic. Yeah. It was always, just, yeah, just get the family, right? Destroy the family. You know, get, you, get you know God out of the schools, God out of, out of families' lives. You know, atheism, they were promoting atheism, communism, all that stuff. It's, it's this, this playbook's been open for a while. This is nothing new. Osama, Osama bin Laden wrote out his pronged approach to take over the United States. And it was exactly what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I, that's for my terrorism time. And I, I brought that up with General Flynn. He's like, that's why I like you. You remember the historical stuff that we have to remember. I said, but we're looking at it happening in our own country. Right. It's also following the playbook of Nazi Germany. And I know sure. people don't like to bring up the Nazis, but I went to Germany for four months. Yeah, they like to yell at us. Yeah. I went to Germany for four right. months to study how that could happen. That's, the FBI sent me over to a sabbatical for four months. Um, you know, I toured. I, I got to ask parliament things. I got mm. to ask everyone. And what they, like with the early on keys, you know, disarming people, um, all this stuff of, you know, like the vaccination, that's a way to, to say, you know, oh, you're unvaccinated. Okay, so that's this, like, you'll be wearing some type of band on your arm. 
you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. no, I'll fight to the death for that one. But, um, you know, so we are we are looking at what's destroying the very fabric of our country. And mm-hmm. it's really scary. I was just going to say the yeah. moral fabric has been torn so severely. It, it can't be repaired right now. It's, you, you literally have to all these different agencies, everything. I think you just have to start over. It's literally like you rebuild. have to gut them. Yep. Yeah, because it's it's yep. so corrupt yep. everywhere <laughs> and it's in everything. I mean, you're it, you know, the one. I guess if there's a benefit to what's been going on the last couple of years is that I think a lot of people's eyes have been open to that. There's yes. more corruption than they thought. You know, I think most of us, we, yeah. we knew it, but there's a lot of people in the middle that weren't, you know, I, I don't know, it might be conspiracy, whatever. And what what's happened is you've seen them exposing themselves. I used to tell my wife this all the time because she gets really upset. She's like, when's justice coming? When's justice coming? This is ridiculous. You know, whatever. Same here. And I, yeah, I think we all say that. And I, and I said, I said, you know what? Just let them keep stabbing themselves in the back. Let them keep sitting, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, in the Bible it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's deep down inside yep. eventually comes out of the mouth and, and you've started yep. to see comes that. to light. It does. And, yeah. and I think they're, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot and stabbing each other in the back. And I, I have, I've, I have a lot of faith that there's a lot of good things that are going on behind the scenes that we're probably unaware, so. unaware of. Um, and I think we have some good, I think America is, is going to be strong once again. I think we yeah. will get the shift. I think we'll be stronger yeah. too. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. I, some of the complaints that I put forth back when I left the FBI are now coming to light, but because people are being indicted, um, mm-hmm. you know, you saw the recent, person that was indicted mm-hmm. it wasn't him that i i had a problem with because i actually did work with him um it was someone else another higher rank you could probably guess the name and he was having an i i reported for inappropriate contact with the same russian oligarch hmm. back oh. in 2008 and it really? was ignored it was ignored. really ignored so you tell me if there's not more out there doing this and i'm over there you know I was like a policy following fool, you know, I, I followed mm-hmm. all my time in attendance. I worked on godly hours. Like I didn't just work in the office. I took calls throughout the night right. and, um, and that's what an FBI agent's supposed to do. You're, you're, uh, you're available 24 seven pretty much. And, um, for them to come after me for time and attendance, people were like, are you kidding me? We get messages from her from the office at two o'clock in the morning. And then they said I wasn't in buildings at certain times. And I had top secret emails I sent to people that were timestamped when they said I wasn't in a building. I said, I don't have a skiff in my house. Just like Biden doesn't have a skiff in his house. I mean, what the heck? So, um, you know, it's good for the goose. It's good for the gander. Take all those just classified docs. I'm not sure anything's going to happen. I'll tell you something. Hunter's laptop. I'd like to see a, some more of that. I, w- I was going to ask right. you. I was. Yeah, I was going to ask you about I, the laptop. Um, what you know, I don't know. I've what talked to people that have seen it. Okay, I've I was going to say what, seen it. what can you disclose? You know, I know some things you probably can't talk. I know about. there's minors. Mm-hmm. I know there's minors oh, on God. there. I know he's raping people, mm-hmm. and I know that he's. You know, I think that we're going to see that it, Pedo Joe's on there. I, I, I'm sorry, okay. but uh, I just, yeah. you know, I just think that they, they need to. They tried to cover it up, um, and you know. It's just so funny how he tries to get, he wants to go sue people for telling what's on his hard drive. Well, he admitted again, it's his hard drive. Mm-hmm. Dude, are you an idiot? Um, but do you, what, with Rob, the, the, do the you deals he made them? The, yeah, he, lots of deals. Uh, for, for uh, what, what did he call his dad? Uh, big, big, um, the big guy or big something? Guy. Yeah. The big guy. Um, He's getting a cut. The big guy. Um, you know, so I guess my question with the laptop, okay, so it was it was at the shop for like, a ridiculous amount of time so i mean do, is it do you think that 
he was leaving it there was it like kind of like a cry for help in in a weird way it might have been i felt that at the very beginning mm -hmm. um then i started realizing he has an addiction and he probably totally forgot yeah until it came to light mm -hmm. um and he uh you know it's sad that he has that addiction but i think that it's also been used by um pedo joe and mm -hmm. i think that you know uh just watching watching joe today out talking i can't say president i no, i see I, him never, talking today i was him. like I, my father goes this guy is not fit to be running this country no. and i'm just like so i totally agree and you know even other countries i have friends in other countries like what the hell is going on mm -hmm. over there you know when the whole afghanistan have... withdrawal happened i i have friends in afghanistan oh, they were you know yeah that was awful you're getting me you're getting me all hot <laughs> I'm ready to, you know um we have a coup that's what we have an active coup going on right now we do. and and it's and i it's funny i have family members are you know politically they're probably in the middle somewhere um and some on the other side are on the left a lot of conservatives mm -hmm. but i i'm shocked that no one sees it like they just don't see what's going on. I mean, they think it's crazy. They see it. They, they just don't. Yeah, but they, they don't. Want, like if I said we're under it, we're this is a coup, an active coup right now. They would think I'm nuts. Almost all. Yeah, of they them. would say you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they think that life is okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, the, and the only the only difference between a conspiracy theorist and the truth is six months. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, 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 I mean, they were saying that stuff about me, and I was like. Um, I was there. I know these people. Like that whole group right. that was doing the Crossfire Hurricane. I did not know Strzok and Paige. And I wonder why I didn't know Strzok. Because we were in the same building at the oh. same time. Probably on the same floor. Don't know. Uh, but <clears throat> I, I gave you know I gave stuff to Grassley and to Senator Ron Johnson and to Devin Nunez that went to um, Durham, I believe. I was told it did. Um, that it implicates about 12 people at least. And I have seen no justice coming and I, I want to see that. I'm hoping mm -hmm. it is, but you know, it might be that they're doing like they did with this McGonagall guy. They, they have, to, you have to have a tight case. Mm -hmm. If you're going to charge someone with treason mm -hmm. or sedition, you've yeah. got to have a tight right. case. There's their attorneys are former U S attorneys who prosecuted this type of stuff. So, you know, I tell people be patient. You know, a lot of people say, "What well, it's the seventh floor. That's where, where the corruption is. Um, is it? Is it literally the seventh floor? Or are we talking? Yes. Like, is it okay? So it's the brass. Oh. It's that's just... the C. That's the C suite. Well, no, I'd say there's more. Um, also, the people that have been promoted by the, that people, those people, um, people in the field that took the marching orders and just did them. And there's one guy like Jonathan Moffa. He's still in the bureau. He's like an acting deputy assistant director. He was making everyone sign that non-disclosure about the Hillary Clinton stuff. Mm. And he was involved in all this. And he's I'm like, uh -huh. what's he still doing there? And, uh, you know, and then you look at these guys. I was sitting there one day. I got really angry because I couldn't get a job. And I went to their LinkedIn's and they're all vice presidents of security and stuff. Of course they are. Like, hello, mm -hmm. hello, Annie McCabe on CNN and, uh, you know, a guest lecturer at like, mm. George Washington, you know, the guy's an idiot. He's a mm -hmm. psycho. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll share one thing I reported that I thought was very interesting. And it came from someone that has since passed away. Um, <clears throat> when Andy McKay was a new agent, relatively new, second year, you're making about 45, 50,000 a year. He, him and his wife bought a house in Chappaqua within a mile and a half of the Clinton home. Um, and then within two miles of Soros's home. Hmm, How amazing. long has this guy been, yeah. been been groomed to go where he was going? Well, maybe I he, don't know. Maybe he had a paper route. I don't know. 
Who knows? You know, someone said that. Someone else said that. It Good was day. funny. I was like, no, his wife and him, he was paying off law school loans and she was paying off medical school loans. Now, now I know he did come from money, but when he first tried to get, I think it was the loan, he put it under his wife's maiden name. But when the deed comes out, you have to have him on there. Hmm. Idiot. But, you know, he's, he's you know, what can you do? From what I've seen, he's not the brightest. Um, there, we, we have a lot of uh, guys that attained, um, you know, that their positions. You, and you scratch your head and you're like, it, there has to be money somewhere. It's always about money because these people are not qualified. And, 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 they're, and, tra- McGonagall and was, they're traitors. Yeah, McGonagall yeah. Was, was, was not doing that. And was, hmm. was, was there was, okay, well, let me just figure out how I'm going to say this. He was doing this with other people's knowledge. I mean, they had to have seen it. He had bags of cash. He's sitting in a he's sitting in a parking lot getting a suitcase full of cash. Um, I mean, and I dealt with him on on some of the same issues. And it, it's just like I got every approval all the way up through the White House to talk to someone. He's out to get money from the guy. I didn't talk to the person. I ended up not had my agents do it. But he's out there to get money from the guy. And he didn't want us to talk to him because guess what? That would probably ruin his cash cow. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think we're going to see more come from him because, first of all, he's probably going to squeal on someone, and hopefully, it's McCabe. You know, but yeah, hopefully. We'll Is the uh, old adage true? Follow the money. Does that pretty yes. much lead to every crime? Yeah. Follow the money and find the other woman. Hmm. Now, notice with <laughs> yeah. with this McGonagall, <laughs> yeah, find the other woman. McGonagall, they they were keyed into it by the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh. She he's married. She she was saying he keeps showing up with all these bags of cash. She was a woman scorned. Hmm. You find a woman scorned. Oh, yeah. Man. Hell, yeah. Hell, hath, oh. hell hath no fury. Yeah. I, I know it sounds sexist, but I'm a female. And I will tell you that, you know, women can get cray cray. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so this, I always, always say, hey, look around, like, look around, see who's, because pillow talk speaks a lot too. And, oh, yeah. you know, there's a, you know, there's a lot of these um, narcissistic people that think that their significant other would never turn on them mm-hmm. and they don't have no idea yeah right. oh yeah in a heartbeat Robin, avoid going to jail was there water cooler talk like amongst the agents you know and just sitting there going like whispering saying i don't know what's up with this guy why why are we doing this and i mean there had to be good people there that are you know white hats that would be saying you know what this is wrong like this is mm-hmm. not what well, i signed were. up for we all got pushed out everybody yeah, including mm-hmm. like I know one friend that he he was he was targeted by McGonagall and struck, and he actually hasn't seen his daughter I think in over eight or nine years, because wow. the FBI went to court and they went outside their jurisdiction and they went into his custody battle and told the judge that he was crazy, <laughs> and mentally see? unstable. Same and, playbook. <laughs> see. And look at, he can't even see his daughter. He has, he has restraining orders against him. Unreal. And he's been fighting. He's put millions of dollars out and they had no right to do that. They put a be on the lookout out that he was armed and dangerous. He's out on a date, gets slammed up against a wall by an off duty police officer. Wow. That's, a, that's like a death warrant. And I saw it coming out and I called up to the government counsel office, um, Probably, probably Baker. I don't even know. I called up there and I said, what are you guys doing? He's at home. You only put a be on the lookout when you can't find someone. It took me 24 right. hours to put out a be on the lookout on Hani Hanjour's the name hmm. and identity after the hijack after mm-hmm. 9-11. It took me 24 hours. They put that out 
And I in, told him in minutes, I, yeah, in minutes. And I told them it was wrong. <clears throat> and I said, "You're going to get this guy killed." And they left it out there. They put it on Fox News. They put it on CNN. They put it all over the place. It was on all the websites. Well, this is the other. This is the other problem with uh, CIA, FBI. I mean, obviously, the media is in their pocket. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it's this. You know, go back to mm-hmm. pro- what is it, Project Mockingbird? I think it was, or whatever. And, yeah. and you know, they own well, the Peter media. Str- yeah, they did. Peter Strzok was sleeping with a bunch of people, so that's what I hear. He had a few people at different networks. <laughs> I look at the guy. I'm like, he looks like Satan. What oh, is he's, this? He's I... a creep, man. <laughs> I'm a guy. I'm he a dude. Is... I don't. I don't look at guys. But that guy's creepy, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. always creepy, yeah. and he's so he plays... arrogant looking. He's got that like, yeah. you know, cocky, <laughs> arrogant look on his face. Yeah, oh. that's probably why I never met him because everyone kept him away from me because I probably would have knocked him out. He would have said <laughs> something stupid. I was a supervisor, I, you know, and I I would come over and I would joke with my te- my squad and they were just phenomenal. And I know that the counterintelligence squad backed up to ours and because we were mostly deployed. Like my squad, like I would sit there by myself and, you know, something would blow up and my, my boss at the time uh, would call me and he'd say, hey, who do we have to go? I'm like, you're talking to her. I'm the only one sitting down here for like two weeks, but I never met him. He would have been over there and we would have had the same, you know, we were in the same branch. Um, I just don't know how I did, how I didn't meet him. That is and, weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think you would have the, accidentally crossed paths at some point. Right. Yeah. I mean, His how many, had, how, how many floors, of, how many agents are in that building? Well, Washington field is one of the bigger ones. That's why they have an assistant director in charge. Um, I don't, I can't remember uh, over a thousand. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you're working on the national security side, you, you are in locked skiffs. You're not, a, you know, people don't co- just come in. You only, only certain people can get in those rooms. And uh, so, you know, I, I mean, I've been there. So I worked on godly hours. Mm-hmm. I've been there all the time and we had very high profile cases and, I just don't know how I didn't even see him walking, getting on the elevator for two years or what have you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's yeah. such buddies with Annie McCabe, mm-hmm. I'm surprised, you know, I don't know. But he was in, like, he was in the insider threat unit. So is Charlie McGonagall. Mm-hmm. So you look at that. So I think we need to, it's sad, but we need to gut the agency. I used to say, no, we can't do that. But we need to gut the agency. And some of those violations that give them so much power with all the money, this is what Congress needs to do. They need to cut funding. They need to take those programs, mm-hmm. take all drugs go to DEA, right. all weapons go to, to ATF. Right. Take some of that stuff away. Because right now, they have way too much power. And, and that Congress keeps funding everything. Yep. Well, I'm you know, hopeful I, that the current Congress will will put an end to the nonsense. I mean, it seems so far in the first what you know month and whatever days, it it does seem like some things are heading in the right direction with some of these subpoenas and things. I mean, I, I'm hope, uh-huh. I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, but I think there are some good people in there that are trying to do the right thing and are fearless. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, so yeah, we'll, I know, wish we'll Jim Jordan. I'd like to. I'd like to talk to Jim Jordan because I talked to Devin Nunez's office. Yeah, talked to him, but I talked to Devin Nunez's office quite a bit and gave them a lot of information. Um, I'd like to talk to Jim Jordan because I can give him the historical from like these agents that are are coming out. They're they're usually street agents that were out in the field or you know at Washington field office. I was there. I used to go up to the seventh floor all the time because the deputy director at the time, John Pistol. 
which is a great name, but he was phenomenal. He was the last gentleman to leave that building when he retired. He was phenomenal. He was ethical. And I would go up there and brief him all the time. And then I would accompany him to the White House. But I would stop in the other offices and say hi to people just because I was like, the heck, you know, you never know. It's good. To, it's good to just walk around and get your name known. Little did I know these are people that are going to stab me in the back in like a year or two. Yeah. You know, and so That's I would say. It was that's got to hurt. Was, I mean, you think it was, that these people are working with you and you're, you know, you become friends and colleagues and all that. And then they just stab you in the back. I went to a, I, I actually I've, I've gone to a lot of counseling. I went to a counselor in Illinois when I was living up there and he was specialized in trauma. And I picked him because I said, I don't know what what to say. And he said all my responses were responses of a trauma victim. What they did to you was the worst trauma. It's betrayal. And, you know, they said, you know, that that's he goes, it's going to take a long time to come back. I've, I've tried to write a book. Um, it gets too emotional. Hmm. But I'm going to say I'm going to try again. I might have to break it into different pieces. So it's like not all I'm not telling the whole story from beginning to end. I might have to do tough and easy parts. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Like this was actually a yeah. good time like in my career than this one, you know, because otherwise I just sit there in my one bedroom apartment, 400 square foot, you know, and I'm like. Yeah, I can't afford to pay rent. Have so, you been able to uh, talk with Cash Patel at all? I Seems met like... him, mm -hmm. but he didn't really want to talk. It didn't seem like. Okay. That made me even nervous. Hmm. That is, that's, uh, that's odd. That, I never talked to him when he was in Nunez's office. I talked to two other people. And um, I, was at a, I was at a speech, and he was talking about stuff. And I don't mean to, to, to knock him, but he was bringing up stuff that well, we found out this, we found out that. And I'm like, well, I gave that to you. <laughs> sitting in the audience hmm. you know and you're over here making how many he's worth like eight point something yeah, million making a lot of money and um, i'm like sitting here trying to come up you know my back rent i mean before they put me out yeah you would think these guys like i mean nunez i mean obviously he knows your does he know your situation right now yeah I mean, no what? i don't know if he knows my current situation but he should i mean it's i think I'll, like... i think i'll i think i'll tag him on on true social uh, yeah honestly i think you should i mean it seems like these guys would lend a helping hand i mean you've given them so much right. so much information and risked your own life in doing I so let, i did the same thing with Don, ron johnson and he told me to call his aide and we would he, they would help me with my case because you know it was discrimination mm -hmm. and when i called the aide the aide said that's a personnel issue i'm not gonna we don't do those and i said wait i just talked to your boss for two hours on the phone he called me on my cell phone and then recently i was doing an uh uh, an interview on Emma Robinson's show and they gave a statement that Senator Rott, oh, her, her case, we didn't deal with her because it was strictly a personnel issue. No, I gave you whistleblower information. I, wow. was, I wasn't thinking, and I wasn't the one asking him to help me. I wanted him to have the information hmm. so he could fight that. He's the one that offered. That's that's so, really strange. Do you there's think, no love lost there. See, and you just wonder. This is, I mean, the infiltration. <laughs> right. The infiltration is so deep. You just have to wonder if some of these aides are playing both sides. I mean, I think well, that. And that aide is no longer there, but their office is still carrying on with it was a personnel issue. <laughs> and he and yet the senator himself <laughs> called you. Senator Johnson called you and talked for two. He hours. called me on my cell. I have a cell phone. I I have texted him with questions no to sense. get into hearings. You know, and he's, he says, okay, we'll do. And, and I'm like, I, I, I am probably, I couldn't do it that day. I was so pissed off. I would have yelled at him, but I'm going to text him and say, you know, this is the statement your office put out on what I, when I asked for help after you called me, I told you awesome information, source information. 
Um, and you said we, you guys would help me. And then this is what you put out. You can tag him on this one too. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Cause Emerald definitely tagged him on hers too. She's like, well, what yeah. are you supposed to do? And I said, pressure them, pressure yeah. them, ask them why they're, they're stonewalling yeah. us. And why are they still putting out fraudulent information about me? Mm-hmm. So I can't get a job. I mean, mm-hmm. if we file an injunction or anything like that's going to throw my case back another five years. But I think I might have the longest case right now for anyone yeah. taking them on because they stonewalled. And, you know, I had a good judge. And then now I got another judge. She's brand new, but she got saddled with all Jan 6 cases. Don, we'll get you started. Um, but, you know, don't on tr- January 6th. Don't trigger me. <laughs> yeah, I don't trigger you. I didn't go because I was working human trafficking. But I, I would have loved to have gone. A couple of my friends went, but when yeah. they heard what was going on, they turned around and ran back to their hotels. <laughs> They're like, well, we don't I, have our phone pinging down there. I wanted yeah. to be there so bad, and I really had planned on going. I mean, I was really thinking, I want to be there, you know. <clears throat> and uh, some friends of mine were also thinking the same thing. But, you know, in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't go. But then there's mm-hmm. a part of me that says, no, screw it. These people, you know what? I deserve, I have, to, that's my house too. Yes. They, right. they don't oh. own that. That's ours. We the people. I said I gotta I gotta stay clear of that because they'd love to lock me up. You know, I'm uh, like, no, yeah. I follow the law. I right. follow the law. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, and I have good attorneys. I have very good attorneys. It's like a full legal team on my case. And uh, yeah, it's just that it's so slow, and they know I'm frustrated, and they're frustrated. They didn't expect this to last this long, you know. And they offered mm-hmm. to, but I told them, you know, we just gotta wait for the court to get. We can't get ahead and get ourselves all riled up. When the court makes a decision and says do this or do that, that's when we respond. Right. But yeah. I would tell I would tell people out there that are listening to this, um, if you want to see an end to like human trafficking and corruption, you have to start looking into it. You got to be a part. <laughs> you can't put it on one man's shoulder mm-hmm. like everyone's putting it on Trump right. or saying, or General Flynn will. Um, will save us because i've talked to general flynn he's like i i don't like being saddled with that people have to stand up and do something right mm-hmm. right you know there's plenty of people out here otherwise yeah. all our rights are going to be out the door i mean jfk said it you know, don't ask what your country can do for you you do it yourself get out there and do it like you know i i mm-hmm. robin i i was one of those guys i'd whine and complain all the time and then i started thinking I'm like well i'm not doing anything yeah. Like I need to start yeah. like doing things like I love my country. I got four kids. I want them to have a better country than I grew up in. You know, I need to get active in this stuff. And, and it's, it's, I gotta mm-hmm. say, it's very gratifying knowing that you're, you're doing something for the next generation, you know, for, for your country. Yeah. There is something in that. There's a pride in, in growing up in this country. I love this country with all my heart. And I mean, it's, it's been yeah. very good to me, you know, and it's, it's sad mm-hmm. that what these people are trying to do. And if, if they accomplish it, I don't think they will. Uh, it's, yeah, they will. It, it will. It would. I mean, I don't even want to think about what it could become, because you have the just mm-hmm. like you said, these Gestapo tap tactics that they're using. This is nothing that will ramp up to level ten. Yeah, I'm glad I'm in Texas right now. I think I think yeah. Abbott would put the the Texas Rangers at every and and National Guard at every. We would we would close off all our borders. I think he would. No too. one. There's something. I told him. He needs to build that wall, though, between us yeah. and California. I, I, there's a couple. I've had a couple problems with Abbott. Um, but I think in general, yeah. he's done a pretty good job. And I, I think he would do that. I think he's one of the governors that would definitely shut it down. You know, if, if 
Carrie Lake gets in in Arizona like she should be, uh, I think she's yeah. another one. You know, there's there's yeah. Uh, but the, all the other ones, I don't know. I mean, um, even DeSantis, you know, as much as everybody loves DeSantis, we've had a few problems with DeSantis just on the human trafficking really? side of it. Um, oh wow! I mean, almost ignoring it, really. I mean, it's yeah, it's, which is a little upsetting because you know, I mean. I kind of looked at a guy like, you know, he's done a lot of good things and he's standing yeah. up for, for people's rights. But, you know, Florida is one. What is it, Sylvia? Uh, third in the country for trafficking or second? Yeah, we're, we're oh, yeah. Are we number, who's number was it was North Carolina for a while as oh. number one. Oh, wow. Really? But the number one city was Houston. <laughs> now I think it's switched back to us as being the number one in North, Texas. North Carolina was number one. It's that whole quarter coming oh. out of Florida. Huh. That's interesting. Yep. A drug quarter too, you know, so it's, mm. it's got all the, everyone going up and down there um, and not really watched. Um, but, you know, when you go down to our border here, um, mm. every other mile, well, every mile, there's either a trooper sitting there or a border patrol sitting there at every mile. You cannot act like an idiot. And they are trying. They are really pushing it. Mm. But, you know, they it's just going to have to all our DAs have to support them. Abbott's supporting them. Um, and definitely, um, our AG is where Paxton is. Um, but there's so much more we could be doing as a people. I mean, going to churches and talking to churches yeah. and telling yeah. them, yeah. you know, okay. going, I, I was in, in Newark. I went to all the mosques to talk to them about different things about Gosh, abuse does, in the home how, and everything. I actually saw, I was re watching one of your interviews earlier and you were talking about the mosque. I thought that was interesting that they actually, I mean, I know how they look at women, and uh, very disrespectfully, but why don't you go ahead and tell that story? I think that's pretty interesting. You mean when I had to go brief them on nine eleven? Because yes. there was a there. They were all saying that we were targeting them on, and that they, those were not the hijackers. So I was given permission to go to a mosque, and a whole bunch of imams from all over came in and were in the office. So I walked in. I had a hair. I put a nice hair head covering on. And then I see people like removing their shoes. So I removed my shoes and the imam said, no, you're from the FBI. I said, yeah. He said, no, you don't have to do that. I said, no, I think it, if you guys are, I'm mm -hmm. doing it. And so then I came in and I gave them a briefing on as much as I could to show them we weren't targeting people unnecessarily. This is what was happening. And this is the funding and support they were getting out of each of the communities they lived in. And they were asking questions. They couldn't believe how open I was. And I guess I got along with them really well. And we were joking. After that, they kept they kept inviting me out to different events and everything like that. <laughs> I would get, you know, it was so funny because, you know, they, they let me go over and talk because they, you know, in, in most mosques, they have women on one side, men on another. And there's a lot of um, domestic abuse in that community. So I went over on the women's side and brought up domestic abuse and talked to them. And the imam knew I was doing this. And, you know, and I got a lot of, a lot of sources out of that. Uh, you know, like the woman scorn, man. Oh yeah. I, my best sources mm -hmm. are females and they got, they oh, can yeah. go in any situation. They, they are unassuming. Um, you know, they, they got nasty husbands, some of them, and their husbands might be involved and, they're more than willing to give up information. And, you know, all they wanted, all the, the usually if it's a female, all they wanted was to be treated like a human being. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one dinner I had with one woman at the end, she came out with all, because she was Salifi, so she had all full covering. She came out fully done up. Gorgeous. Phenomenal. Gorgeous. And we sat there and had champagne and steaks. It was her, she was moving. She was getting away from her abusive husband. Wow. And uh, that was our, our goodbye dinner. Hmm. 
I would, t- I, I took her out one time and she didn't want anything. I bought her a pair of shoes and she's like, Ooh, I can't show these. And I'm like, no, you can't, but you can show them to me. And she's like, thank you for making me feel like a human being. That's I said, sad. You That's are so sad. Yeah. The, the oppression. That, and there, that... and there is trafficking in mm-hmm. terrorist organizations oh, yeah. and, and abuse, a lot of abuse, especially the, like, the Yemeni, mm-hmm. all the AQAP and them, they, they just trade wives left and right. It's just nasty. But yeah, you know, you just educate people, go out to wherever you could think of a community, um, schools, libraries, um, you know, urgent cares, anywhere. Just give them a pamphlet, make up a nice pamphlet. This is what I was telling people. Do a brief and then go find conferences, conferences for medical professionals. That is huge. And try and get on their get on their panel discussion even because you'll find a lot of the medical professionals are seeing it. And they don't know who to call. So we gave them someone to call. That's what we did here. Okay. We get calls right away. Great. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Uh, yeah. What What are other things that, like, just the, the normal person that's out and about, like, to look for? Volunteer. Educate themselves. Educate mm-hmm. themselves on the red flags. Um, like, if you guys can put on your website or something, you know, where they can go and look up everything, um, the red flags and all. Um, mm-hmm. educate yourselves, educate others. My mom's been trying to educate others because they were so ignorant to it. Um, and I have to say president Trump was the most proactive and helpful president. And it's not just because he was Trump. It, he genuinely cared mm-hmm. and he had a whole strategic ops center that was being opened up and everything. And Biden shut it all down. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have my own thoughts, but, um, Hey, you know, just educate yourself and educate others. And if you can have the time to volunteer, I wish I had more time to volunteer, but I am more than willing to help, um, you know, and, and do stuff. Um, and also, you know, in different states, like some states I can't do work in because I'm not licensed there, but I have colleagues that I, I know that I trust there, okay. um, you know, and, and Florida is one of them. And, uh, you know, it just... Just get involved. Like I got involved by mistake and it ended up becoming a passion. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I love seeing the faces of people that, you know, have either been reunited with their families or put in a good place to, to heal. Would you recommend reaching out to your local FBI branch if you saw something suspicious at this point? Or yeah. would you be okay? So we can still yes, trust. That and your state police. Your state police are really almost every major city also has a human trafficking division like Houston, Austin, San Antonio. They all Dallas. They all have have human traffic. There's usually a uh, I can't remember what it's called. There's usually a task force in the area that's made up of federal and state. I'll send it to you guys of um, and different states that are. It's a whole entire fusion center, basically, that just works human trafficking. Hmm. And Hitra, it's Hitra. Hitra? Human Trafficking, H-T-R-A, Human Trafficking Rescue Alliance. Human Trafficking Rescue Alliance. Does that include the trafficking done by CPS? I don't know, but that would be a good one. Mm -hmm. Do you know know, um, about 
the foster system and how they're trafficked because that was when I realized that we had a sex trafficking problem was working in the foster system. Um, I don't know as much as I should. Yeah. uh, Yeah, for sure. So that was the one thing that I noticed that all the kids that were coming into the group home, they were either sexually abused or sex trafficked. And uh, that was the first time I realized that we had a sex trafficking problem in the U.S. And then even according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, it's 86% of sex trafficking victims come from the foster system. And this was, uh, I always mention this, it's the way that they are able to just disappear. Like the kids can just leave and then... uh, they're only reported, but they're not, there's no search party. There's no 911 call. There's no, uh, they only have uh, a lookout for them. That's it. Uh, but it's very easy and very convenient for them to go wow. missing. Wow. Wow. That is, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That, it, that I can see it. I mean, that's why like as being a juvenile probation officer, I went out and did, home visits on a regular basis usually two i think it was three days in the field one day in court and one day in the office and i was out there i was active they always saw me at school they always saw, they weren't at school i went to the house what are you doing at home oh you're playing pace playstation no i'm taking that <laughs> you gotta go to school you know but uh then you get some people just don't care and it's the lost yeah. ones that that go that that you know i never got to see i never got to find um you know, I, I kept track of my kids. And if I didn't find them after a certain amount of time, I let the judge know immediately. Yeah. You know, and usually, well, I was also law enforcement, so I could go looking for them. But let the local police know. I liaised on with them. I lay, I talked to Di- Division of Youth and Family Services quite a bit. But I, I definitely would let the judge know because they, they keep track of them family court they keep track of the juveniles they're on probation well the problem we... has been with the judges too like the, yeah. a lot of i'm um, finding a lot of these judges are corrupt and um so what do we do like what do we do when uh when we're finding that all like the judges are corrupt the, that's fbi uh, the case manager that's fbi and i'll tell you something because i was in a newer division and we were like at one point it was between us miami and new orleans who had the most public corruption cases i i arrested a two two mayors in one day oh, while wow. every well people were arresting the chief of police and the former chief of police and several officers on a huge oh. ring so you it wasn't sex trafficking you literally went right into his office and cuffed him right there wow he was asleep. It was like two, three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. It was a huge one. And it's like mm. one of those simultaneous where you go out and arrest 25 people. Mm-hmm. But I had, I had to go to one mayor and they said, would you come over here to this house? He's right down the street. And I, and I said, okay, because they wanted a female in there and we didn't have a lot of females at the time. And I, so I went down the other, the other one. And then one of the, 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 the most terrifying arrests can be a, a police officer because they, they are armed. Yeah. And, but, uh, we had one guy at chief police. He tried to ram the FBI cars. <laughs> that wow. did not wow. make friends. That did not make friends and influence God. people. No, it's but you know. And then you hey, know, what city? What city and state was this? <laughs> that was New Jersey. I can't remember which city it was because we had Palisades Park was one, and I wasn't there for that arrest. But I sat through the trial, and I can't remember which one this was. Be honest with you, because I don't want to say the wrong one because right. one of the, the one town was 
was corrupt and the next town over was the one I worked with a lot. I can't remember which one. And I don't want to say the wrong town because the one I worked with a lot, they yeah. were awesome. And they, they knew what was going on. They're like, yeah, we saw you do all those arrests. I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah. Like everyone nice. was reporting them. Citizens were reporting them. So yeah, FBI does all the public, like the big public corruption cases, FBI would be well, the one to call. I mean, I'm, that's, that reassures me. It's I'm, a tough, I'm, it's, yeah. yeah, that's reassuring that the local branch offices and, you know, your state police are actually doing their jobs. So I'm, that's encouraging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, okay. I mean, people that work public corruption are really good at it. Okay. And they are really mm -hmm. good at, at doing undercovers, do all the stuff. Um, mm. State police so, with human trafficking. Um, you know, again, Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission or you're a beverage commission in your state, whoever you have, a Florida mm -hmm. Beverage Commission they handle all restaurants, hotels that have liquor license, buses, airplanes, trains, um, you name it, strip clubs, hmm. huge trafficking, um, anything. And they are involved in HITRA as well. So they're usually on there because they have a lot of different tools in their toolbox administratively. They can go, they can go in and at the drop of a hat and do a, a search and a, an audit of a place. So... Uh, if if it's a public official, let's say a judge, um, is suspicion enough, or there has to be some kind of credible evidence to go in and investigate? Um, if it's suspicion, you could tell the FBI. Um, they may have other pieces of the puzzle. Okay. And they were waiting for that piece of the puzzle. That's what I tell people. Like even with terrorism, you may only see one thing, but I may have seen the three things before and the two things after, and I didn't see that one thing, and that's all I need. Mm -hmm. You know, and that could they could already have an investigation open. And then you're giving them more firepower to, or, they're, you know, like, look at the Hunter Biden laptop has got to be full of different violations. So oh, yeah. I'm sure as they keep open, oh, it's doing this, too. So it's going all over the place. You know, um, it, it's you know, you keep finding stuff. Um, you keep adding to a sealed indictment if there is one. And uh, but with, with the public corruption, I would go I would actually ask to speak to a public corruption agent. So usually the duty agent is just going to be some random person that got that for the day. So there's actually someone assigned to that post. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's the first I've ever heard of yeah. that. I mean, there, there's, a du there's a duty agent pretty much in every office every day. Um, you know, even, you know, everyone to everyone gets a, a chance. But if you go, if you call ahead and you say, hey, I'd like to talk to someone about public corruption. I have some information that I think, you know, you just might want to know. I want to make sure I do the right thing. And, you know, if they give you the duty agent, they're going to still give it to them and uh, then follow up later. Call and ask for the public corruption supervisor. Hmm. Yeah, I want to make some people busy, aren't I? Oh, man, I'm I'm learning. Oh, a lot. yeah, I, I'm like a oh, sponge yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're on the inside, you know that. And you right. there, there, there are really good people. Um, it, it, like are, where where particularly are you in um, Florida? Well, I'm actually in Georgia. It's oh, just you're in the Georgia. case is in Florida. Yeah. Okay. All right. Would well, you know around, like, is it by Miami, Tampa, it's, or uh, Jacksonville? Uh, it's, Indian uh, River it's County. Vera. Yeah, Indian River County, Vero Beach. I'd have to look. Yeah. Let's see who covers that. Okay. Um, yeah, let me yeah. know. And, uh, yeah, because, they, you yeah. know, they split that. That state is split up pretty differently than like mm -hmm. Texas is there's parts like I'm I sit in, in San Antonio territory, but I'm probably 20 minutes south of Dallas. Hmm. I'm on my way to Oklahoma 
which is a, no, a joy. Last time I was there, I got caught in a snowstorm, but um, oh, gosh. that doesn't happen again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, um, but yeah, I, I would definitely, you definitely want to let them know they down in Florida, they're used to it. See, I, I guess okay. Robin, this is, this is the part that makes me a little nervous because as yeah. much as I believe what you're telling me, trust me, I believe everything you're saying. There is so much corruption everywhere that it it's it makes me very nervous to report something to an agency and then they turn it against you and your family. That that's the part that I think most people fear because they've everything has been weaponized against the people. Um, what do you think of the attorney general down there? The of attorney the general uh, of, of the state. I don't she know. Hasn't, well, I know. I'm pretty sure she's tried to contact them and haven't gotten a response. I know yeah. we, we had sent it's, some emails. Nobody's responding, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. That we I'm finding that I have a case of death investigation. I was working for years, and they have not responded to the victim's mother. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, come on. Is it Florida? Police, yeah. A police department did not do their job. They did not follow the law. They termed something an accidental suicide by overdose, but there was fentanyl in the girl's blood and she, she doesn't do that stuff but by state law they have to look at that as a homicide and they closed it as a accidental accidental suicide but i said that was wrong because mm -hmm. i and i didn't go there as private i went there just to look at the process did they follow the process and as soon as i sat there, i said i thought they had a fentanyl law here they do and they she's been trying it. to get that reinvestigated because we believe the daughter was murdered mm-hmm yeah pretty sure and we pretty much think we know who did it wow yeah i gave yeah. that and I, I put together a huge package for her with pictures and all this other stuff and the law and all and they won't even respond to her that's what i'm saying like we we yeah we have to uh we're gonna have to communicate and figure out yeah uh, florida because florida is really messed up the foster system is way worse than i imagined and it's because it's privatized so oh. uh, it's, it's nonprofits that you're dealing with and it's only, uh, it's only CPS investigators at the beginning and then they send it to contractors and it's nonprofits. Yeah, and we um, use privatizes in quotes. <laughs> we know where the, the yeah. money, we know where yeah, the Yeah, you know, where I, it's funneling through here and there. Oh yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, it's just sad that that's going on and, and that would be a huge investigation for the FBI to go into. Mm -hmm. It'd be more oh, of a healthcare fraud right. type so, thing. I, we well, think, we think they're connected. <laughs> we, we think we think it's a we think it's a game changer. We think it changes pretty much everything. We think that's mm -hmm. pretty much the hub of corruption, and it started a long time ago. <clears throat> wow. In a in a galaxy far far away. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Just, I have to think. I have to figure out wherever you are. I'll look at. I don't even know where Vero Beach is. I'm. I'm not the best. I mean, hell, I drive through Texas all the time. I have to look into GPS where I'm going. Like I, I got. It's a to lot go of old rich people. It is. I. You know. It's the weird thing is mm -hmm. I went to, on vacation two years ago. Me and my wife and the kids went down there for, to Florida for to get away from the snow here, and my next door neighbor, her her sister lives in Vero Beach. She had just moved down there. I'm like Vero Beach. I've never even heard of it. And so we drove down a real nice little area. It's a lot of senior citizens and, you know, and just like Sylvie said, a lot of rich people. Um, and, and then, you know, fast forward two years and I'm talking with Megan Walsh and she's like, oh yeah, Vero Beach. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, I never heard of it. Now all of a sudden I've heard of it twice. I was actually there. I understand the area now. I get it. 
And it turns out that this is just not the little community I thought it was when I first went and visited. You, mm -hmm. you know, you would have thought it was like a little golf, you know, a lot of golfing and stuff going on. And, and you know, you got the ocean not far away. Mm -hmm. um, nice beach. But yeah, it turns it's out it's got its hidden secrets. It does. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. we definitely I'll, I'll look it up and I'll let you know. Um, but we should yeah. talk again. We definitely should talk again. Yeah, yeah we've got For a couple sure. names we'd like you to, to look at, too. I think that might help. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, Robin, can you, you want to go ahead and give your uh, Give, Send, Go? I will also drop it in the descriptions. Guys, if you can help, we would definitely appreciate that. If they look up on Give, Send, Go and they look up Robin Gritz, they'll find okay. me. Um, gonna... Yes. But if you put that in there, because um, it's all like mm -hmm. this link thing, um, I do have a GoFundMe that was working but a lot of people feel more comfortable with give send yeah. go but um mm -hmm. so either way if you looked me up robin grits um you'd find it excellent and, and you uh, can see, and you'll see me on on uh on twitter at grits underscore robin r-o-b-y-n and um then you know on uh twitter i'm really getting more back into mm -hmm. i was banned forever now that it's um, free yes, now it's <laughs> free yeah and 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 Elon Musk lives in Austin, so that's nice. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I do have Telegram as well. Um, I do. I just, I have like a page that I put stuff on, but I don't do it that often. I, I think I'm throwing more stuff onto Twitter lately. And True yeah. Social, under my true name. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I have all that in the description. Also, your link tree's in there. Uh, the website Excellent. I showed. Uh, let me... Yeah, you'll see the nice Indict McCabe t-shirt on there. <laughs> oh. I have it. I wear it all the time. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Here's the website, guys, if you want to check her out. It is uh, – actually, I'm going to go ahead and I'll drop this in the chat. I, I actually have it in the link to – in the description of the videos, but I'll go ahead and drop it in the chat over here on Foxhole. Okay. And if you guys want to check that out, check that out. Oh, man, what a great conversation. Thank you so much, Robin. Um, Thank I, you for I, having me. I learned a ton yeah. that I was unaware of. And, um, Thank you. I'm just very thankful. Always for... here to help. I'm from the government now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever say that. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Please. I won't. I won't do that. You're going to ruin your reputation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Oh, my no, gosh. But, yeah, we'll be in touch. And then... Uh, you know, whatever you guys need. And uh, I look, I look forward to talking again too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Please, please hang on for a minute. I want to actually, um, a, a real warrior in our movement just passed away a few days ago. And I just want to acknowledge her. Um, I'm going to, I might get a little emotional here. Cause I, I actually, uh, I was DMing with her um, on February 4th, I believe it was. And we found mm -hmm. out she passed away. I believe it was on the 7th of February. Um, she was 33 well, no, years was old. Was it on the 7th? I don't know if it was on the 8th? 7th. It was only, it I don't even know what day it was. I it think was the seventh was somewhere between the seventh to ninth. I think it was. Um, we're not we're not one hundred percent on all the details. But Sarah Yabara Johnson was um, a guest on our show back in mid December. Uh, her and her mother Carla were fighting to get to her four kids back for the last ten years. It's been a just actually longer. Um, just a horrible horrible story. I'm a sh I'm a hundred percent sure that probably helped attribute to her early demise. Uh, she was a warrior, though. The woman was fear fearless, and um, her mom's fearless. And our, you know, hearts obviously go out, and prayers go out to uh, Carla Johnson. Um, and they also do have a give, send, go. Um, I, actually, I've I've got that. Uh, oh, I just closed it out. <laughs> uh, it's if you look up Carla Johnson, K A R L A, and then Johnson. 
uh, you'll find her on Give, Send, Go. And if you can help there too, um, for burial costs. And I'm, I'm shocked we're even talking about it. It's just right. stunning. I was just literally DMing her and she said things were going okay. Her mom was a little sick at the time. And um, she said, keep fighting, show my evidence. If you can show it on other shows, go ahead and please keep showing my evidence. So we're going to keep doing that. Uh, but uh, just let me put this up there so everybody can see who she was. Um, I, I put uh, her birthday was December 22nd, 1989. Um, I put February 7th, but we're not 100% sure on the on the date of uh, death. But uh, uh, rest in peace, Sarah. She was a she was a good woman. Um, we, we're gonna miss her miss her her fight in this movement. She actually had put out Robin, she had put a TikTok video together and I, I saw her on there and I said, Oh my gosh, this, we have to have her on our show. She was calling out everybody in the government. And, um, and then Sylvia says, Oh, I'm, I already scheduled her. She's coming on. I was like, Oh, great. You know? Yeah. So she was, uh, yeah, she was, a, her and her mom were great. Um, and I just pray for her mom again. Um, also, um, guys, I will, I thought we were going to go live again tonight at 10 30, me and Michael with, with the blender, but that's going to happen on, uh, tomorrow night. And we're still not sure on the time. I think it's going to be, oh gosh, what did we decide? I think it's 10 o'clock tomorrow. So the return of the blender will be tomorrow night, 10 o'clock. It's been about a month since we did that show, but looking forward to joining up with Michael again. So if you want to join us for that, please do. Um, also if you're, Hey, I mean, maybe after watching our show, you got a little drowsy and you need a pillow to lay your head on. How about going to mypillow.com? See our buddy Mike Lindell down here in the corner. He would love you to visit his website, mypillow.com. Uh, promo code INSIGHT, get your 10% off. You got slippers, you've got towels, you've got sheets, pillows, whatever you need. And he's got the My Store now, which is kind of like the mini Amazon that he's creating. And we all know in this movement, Mike Lindell's a hero to us. The guy has spent $40 million of his own money to save this country. So God bless you, Mike. Thank you for sponsoring Rescue the Fosters. Proceeds, our proceeds will go right back to Rescue the Fosters. Uh, so it's not going in our pockets. It's going to go to our nonprofit here. Uh, Robin, thank you again. Please hang out for a few minutes if you can, if you got to go, we understand. Okay. But, uh, and uh, guys, have, yep, have a great night. Be blessed. We will, uh, hopefully I'll see you guys tomorrow. And I'm going to play an outro here, uh, Robin, just so you know what's going on. And we'll be back mm -hmm. in two minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and mute.